Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Uh, just two guys from the crew here today. This is Aaron. I'm here with Dr. M. Hello, Dr. M. Happy Friday as we record this. Uh, thank you. Happy Friday to you as well. Although, um, unfortunately, it wasn't so much of a happy Friday for um, some some of our beloved uh, WWE superstars, or at least former ones. Yeah, it was, I guess we'll call it happy release day. You know, WWE tends to do this post-WrestleMania. Um, sometimes there's one, you know, in the fall too. Sometimes there might be two purges. But this is the big purge that was rumored for a couple days now. Um, what I'd like to do, we're going to scrap the three-count format for this episode. We typically, for those of you that are new to the show, we typically do a deep dive on Wednesday with the crew where we... You know, break, get into everything from about 45 minutes to an hour, just kind of the state of affairs of WWE, a little bit of Ring of Honor, a little New Japan, whatever. And then Sundays, we just kind of hit three hot topics to get your wrestling week started. But our Sunday three count is going to get scrapped this week just because the release um, purge today bears its own discussion, its own podcast episode. So we'll go through the names, and I, I just want to get your thoughts on... Um, I, I mean, I guess we can kind of approach it any number of ways. Um, if they got a fair shake, if it was a long time coming, if they can have a better opportunity elsewhere where that might be. So kind of any any perspective you want to take on it. Let's start with um, the one that was most obviously coming just because it was announced that he wasn't re-upping his deal. Uh, Wade Barrett uh, was granted his release a few weeks early. His deal was going to be up in June, and he's leaving on great terms. He wants to get out of wrestling for a while, he said in a statement today, and then he's going to make a return to the wrestling world with a fresh head down the line. Uh, good for him. He's worked. How? Yeah. When did the Nexus thing start, Doctor? And what year was that? Oh man, I want to think it was. Was it 2010? I think that sounds about right. For some reason, 2010 is sticking out in my mind for that. So. Okay. So yeah. Um, so he's been doing it for, you know, we'll say it was a six to seven year run, give or take. I'm not sure what his developmental phase was, but do you see Barrett coming back to WWE after the way his run kind of went? Or what would you see him doing down the line when he is ready to make that wrestling return? You know, I definitely do see Barrett coming back to WWE, but I think he's going to he's gonna take a detour somewhere else first. Um I like that he's taking a break from wrestling. Um, it seems like he has really developed a passion for for acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I imagine he's going to do that for a bit. Uh, but I don't know. My sense is that he's going to maybe test the waters somewhere else. Um, I mean, I know he, he's got some friends over in, in TNA with Drew McIntyre um, and um, Bram. But... Um, I could also see him, you know, having some success over in New Japan as well, um, and, current, and kind of trying out, you know, a different style over there. But um, it seems like he did leave WWE on 
pretty good terms, which is a testament to him based on how um, a good bit of his run went. But uh, I definitely see him back. Yeah, I do too. I He's a pretty good caliber t- of talent and, you know, a little bit of a name recognition at this point. He had, you know, some great highs and some great lows in WWE. I could easily, like you said, see him fitting in TNA. I think a Ring of Honor run might be beneath him at this point in terms of pay grade. Um, I would love to see it. Like you said, I'd love to see him go to Japan. I think that he would fit in like a glove over there. Um, yeah, good on him, though. He seems like he's definitely ready for a break. And, you know, some of our favorite superstars have had even better second runs than their first runs. I think of Shawn Michaels. I think of Jericho. Um, just to name a few. So Yeah, and um, I mean, it's it's also really nice he's taking a break, too, because I think... One of the things that was starting to happen with Barrett is that um, he's seems very injury prone. Um, it just seems like more often than not, over the past few years, he's been out for you know extended periods of time of time with various injuries, uh, which obviously didn't help um, his gimmicks, especially his Bad News Barrett gimmick. He was just uh, getting real hot there too when he had that. Was, um, yeah. was it a shoulder? I think it was a shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, you know, so many of his gimmicks were, were start and stop. And, I mean, he had several runs with the Intercontinental title. And so I think he more than demonstrated his potential. And, of course, he came in with that white-hot nexus angle and, you know, got to, you know, be in a main event um, feud with John Cena. Mm-hmm. He should have won the title, by the way. i just like to put that out there. I think so. I think you're right. Um, I think That's that Survivor have- Series that year. Yeah, I think that would have definitely catapulted him. And, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. And I, I, I still maintain that the, the King of the Ring was just an absolute debacle for his career um, because the tournament itself has become meaningless, and it's, so it certainly did not help him at all. Yeah. Well, good on him for getting going out kind of on his own terms here, so to speak. Um, and he was part of a WrestleMania winning group, although he wasn't technically in the match uh, with his last moments of his run here before the League of Nations broke up. Good on him. I hope he does well. I hope he recharges. And is, um, I'd love to see him again. I'm a, I'm a Barrett fan, and I know you are too. Um, a couple of them we can kind of go through real quickly here that were not shocking. Um, Zeb Coulter was released today, a.k.a. Dutch Mantel. He'll be just fine. He's mm-hmm. been in the business, I'm just looking at his Wikipedia here, since the early 70s. Smoky Mountain Wrestling, um, WCW, uh, WWC in Puerto Rico. Um, you know, he's been around, and he's already announced him and Hornswoggle, who was also released today, announced for some upcoming Global Force Wrestling shows. So he'll be just oh, fine. Okay. He's a veteran yeah. of the business. I love, I love Zeb. The Mex America thing was terrible, but... Mm-hmm. We the people will always remember you for that with this, you know, most recent WWE run. Absolutely. Hornswoggle, kind of same thing. You know, he seemed very grateful in his statement today for the run he did have with the company. We haven't seen him in any type of full time capacity since the matches with El Torito, specifically the one at Extreme Rules. Would that have been a year ago now? Was that a year ago or two years ago? Might have been two years ago, and honestly, I had, I had forgotten that he was still working with WWE because he's been gone for so long. Yeah, and he, um, like like I said previously, has already announced for a Global Force Wrestling show, so he'll be fine. He's got the name recognition, and 
the star power to kind of work the indies, you know, this, that, and the other thing. He'll be just fine. Good for mm-hmm. him on the run that he did have because he was a name for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you want to go next? Do you want to talk about Cameron next? Let's talk about Cameron. What did you make about all the cyberbullying statements? And I don't mean to make light of that at all because it's a very serious problem, not just in this country, but, you know, all around the Internet. Um, do you think yeah. she's justified in making claims like that? being in the wrestling business or where, where are you at with this and, and the time, the timing of her release with the statement she made kind of about Ryback and about cyberbullying against her from fans of WWE. Sure. Um, well, you know, I, I don't doubt that she was probably cyberbullied. Um, Cam- Cameron is kind of a, a polarizing figure. I think it would be um, easy to say there. Sure. Um, and I mean, by saying I don't doubt it, I'm not condoning it, right? But um, you know, I I think it's just so easy to kind of um, shoot yourself in the foot, so to speak, when it comes to this business, because you know, just one wrong turn of phrase can can you know set wrestling fans against you. It can obviously get you released, right? And I my sense is that her statement was not really the the impetus for her release um my sense is that it was more you know she's been in wwe now for um several years and since that first return of tough enough which would have been the first return was that like 2011 2012 before Uh, that like that yeah i'm googling right Um, now but continue i'll I'll get back to you on that um and i mean her even getting into wwe was a little bit dubious right because she didn't win tough enough um, and, you know, all of a sudden we see her on TV as one of the Funkodactyls. And so, um, she got a lifeline there, but for, at least as far as I know, she's had, you know, quite a bit of time, especially as of late down in, in NXT, she's been working directly with Sarah Del Rey. And despite all of that, like at least the last match I saw her in on, on NXT, she, she still didn't look good. Um, and obviously, I, I'm not a professional wrestler. I, I know it's, it's probably quite difficult to, to learn the craft, but you would just think that with her, had, with her being in, in WWE so long and she's had some time on the main roster and now working with one of the, the best women wrestlers ever, I, I, I would think there'd be just a little bit more improvement. And so part of me thinks that was the reason she was released more than her statement um, or her support of Ryback. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. Um, just to kind of give some backstory to her run, okay. So she was part of the um, season five revival of Tough Enough that they had on USA, the one Stone Cold hosted. That was um, very entertaining. But um, she was the first one eliminated. You remember the infamous, you know, what's your favorite wrestling match? And it was Molina versus Alicia Fox mm-hmm. from Raw. Um, but I mean, you know. She really made the most of her time there because that run, you can kind of say it started there in 2010, and she ended up getting signed to a developmental deal, made it to Raw as part of a very successful act with the Funkadactyls and Brodus Clay. Um, part of the Total Divas franchise for a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess past that, you know, she had the the little heel run that she had. I was I actually saw her work against Nikki Bella at SmackDown. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it would have been last year, I guess. And you could tell just being there in person, her ring work, like you said, wasn't coming along. And so it was time. And yeah, I agree. I think that was probably the deciding factor. And I think that she's um, an entertaining person. And I think that there's a place for her in the entertainment business. Maybe this, the professional wrestling business just isn't the, um, the niche that she can fill. But and I was getting ready to say she put out a song or something a couple years ago, right? Girl, bye. Um, yeah, and so I mean, I think one of the advantages that she has had with being in WWE is that she's had a large audience to kind of show the different talents she does have. Yeah, because uh, yeah, no, she's not good in the ring, but you know, she has shown that she can kind of stretch to other parts of the entertainment industry, as you pointed out, and so. Um, I think Cameron's another person who's going to be fine outside of WWE. I think there's going to be a number of opportunities that pop up for her. Yeah, for sure. Um, Santino Morella was another one. He's had some pretty um, pretty chronic neck issues for the past couple of years. Hasn't really been used on TV all that much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, he runs and operates an MMA gym um, under his real name, Anthony... Oh my gosh, I was just, I had it earlier. Anthony something, it starts with a C. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, he's got his MMA gym up in Canada, and that seems to be his primary uh, business. And I think, like many of the others we've talked about, he'll be just fine. And again, what a great run he had as a comedic um, character, start, starting with that Intercontinental title win against Umaga on Raw. Um Several years ago, gosh, it, I can't even remember how long ago, but it was in Italy that Raw was filmed right. at, correct? Right. Anthony Capitelli, I believe, was his name, now that I think of it, his actual, mm-hmm. his ring name or whatever, or his real name. Um, favorite Santino moment? Oh, man. Anthony Corelli, sorry, I'm looking it up on Wikipedia now. I don't know why that's a sticking point for me. Go on. Gosh, favorite Santino moment? That, why are you putting me on the spot like this? I can give you, uh, I can give you a few of mine while you think if you want. Yeah, go ahead. The tea party with, um, oh gosh, what was the Russian guy's name that he tagged with oh, for a while? Kozlov. Ka- yeah, Vladimir Kozlov was classic. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoyed his runner-up um, win, not a win, but he was the runner-up in the 40-man Royal Rumble. Um, oh, getting, yeah. getting tossed at the end by Alberto Del Rio. Uh-huh. thought that was fantastic. I remember him making it um, close to the end of an elimination chamber. It might have been when when we had heel Daniel Bryan with the world title preceding WrestleMania 28, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, those are some classics. And then the stuff with Maria Kanellis and the stuff, oh, yeah. and the stuff yeah. with Beth Phoenix. I actually saw there was an intergender match for the – it was the Women's and Intercontinental Championship – at SummerSlam 2008, which I attended in Indianapolis, and at the end, him and Beth Phoenix win. <clears throat> excuse me, and Beth carries him out on her shoulders at the end. I think she like did all the work, and he's out doing the horn dance. <laughs> um, so many classics. Oh, you, you know, know what? Moments. I just thought of mine. Um, I think my favorite is is um, when he won the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal at. <laughs> WrestleMania 25 as Santina Morella. My name is Santina. Uh, I, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, do you think that he should be considered a Hall of Famer given the the longevity of his run and just all of the memorable moments we just 
ran you off. That is a great question. I um, think if Coco Beware is in the Hall of Fame, Santino should be. Great point. You know what? I think you're right. Um, I, I think you're right. Um, he has provided so many comedic moments uh, over the years, and um, seems like he was just a good ambassador for WWE as well, and seems like he was well-liked among some of the other wrestlers, and so I could definitely see him probably not anytime soon, but you know, somewhere down the road, um, 10, 15 years from now, I could see him um, being inducted as, he wouldn't be the headliner of a Hall of Fame class, but I could definitely see him inducted as part of, in the Hall of Fame. And what a great speech that would be, especially if he did it in character. What a great Indeed. speech that would be. Um, I just want to hear him mispronounce like everybody's name one more time. <laughs> Cold Stone. <laughs> um, all right, where do you want to go next? I don't. I want to save Sandow for last because I'm so bitter. Right. I'm so bitter. Yeah. Uh, let's see. You want to do A Ry next? A Ry, yes. Why not? I'm also a little bitter about this one. The guy was. You know, say what you will about him. He was part of a WrestleMania main event, the one you attended in Atlanta, WrestleMania 27, as mm-hmm. you know, managing The Miz. Mm-hmm. The guy's got a great look, a great physique. I really liked that kind of return rage-filled gimmick he was doing on NXT. He was actually uh, cut a promo on NXT this week. I think he's wrestling Nakamura, Nakamura on yeah. NXT. Um, I just watched NXT right before bed last night, so it was a little hazy. Um, I, I heard online and again, it's something I read online just that he at some point offended Cena and Cena may have been a part of him not getting the push that he could have gotten. Um, it seems like anyone that's closely associated with the Miz was a part of this release today. We'll get to Sandow in a second, but I, I think Alex Riley's very talented. I think that there's a place for him in a lot of the companies we mentioned for other talent. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's very unfortunate that he wasn't given the character development or the creative to work with that I think he deserved. Because I think he's a great talent. Um, and I look forward mm-hmm. to seeing what he does next. Yeah, I I agree. I think... I think he would be great for, for TNA specifically, um, in part because uh, as much as TNA gets knocked, I think they do a fantastic job of um, taking superstars um, like Alex Riley. Uh, they did the same thing with who is now EC3, and, and really kind of reimagining them. And I would be curious to see how they would reimagine Alex Riley because he... he has the physical skill he has the ring ability i think it's just a matter of finding the right character for him um and you know i and i'm gonna say this same phrase when we get to sandow but i i just feel like there were certain instances where more wwe could have dug in a little more um and one in particular was when he kind of first broke up with the miz he was a hot baby face because the crowd liked that he hate was against yeah. the miz that was yeah he was white hot, and you know I, I feel like that feud should have been uh, a little bit more extended. It should have gotten personal. There should have been some you know high quality marquee matches, gimmick matches, um, vengeful matches. Yeah, yeah, and I think I, I'd say the same thing about his feud with Kevin Owens in NXT. 
right? Uh, that was Kevin a good was, angle for what it was, by the way. It was it, it was, was short, a great angle. and it, yeah. it helped get Kevin Owens over as the champion. I mean, mm-hmm. Kevin Owens, I I I don't know if it's politically wise of him to do it, but he should put over Alex Riley on Twitter or something. Because yeah, that was a big part of Kevin Owens' initial run. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, and I mean, I just I thought that angle was was really well done. And it really helped to kind of make the transition from Alex Riley, the announcer, back to a wrestler. And um, it, it seems like after maybe what, one or two matches, it was over. And I just wish, like, I think it was perfectly the right move to have Kevin Owens go over in that feud. But I just wish it was a little bit longer because I think that could have only helped Alex Riley. That's the um, thing. Owens was such a freaking monster after what he did to Sami Zayn on that initial run when and when he got the title. It's like, if you could give Alex Riley, like, maybe... 40% of the offense in a couple of those matches, it's mm-hmm. going to not only make Kevin Owens look better when he does beat him, but it's going to make Alex Riley look better as a mid-level babyface on NXT because he could have gotten the Tyson kid treatment and you know became more of a big main roster deal again. I think the talent was there. Um, you know, Speaking of people who had watched him in the main event as a part of the main event in Atlanta at WrestleMania 27, uh, Mr. Silly Sellers just jumped in on the conversation. We're talking about Alex Riley. Oh, yeah. Um, and once again, sorry for coming in late, fans, and to you boys, but uh, it is Doomsday. We haven't had a Doomsday. I probably know you probably said this already for a couple of years now. We're normally after WrestleMania or the first pay-per-view after WrestleMania. You have a lot of cuts or reductions from the WWE roster, so very interesting day on Doomsday. But, yeah, with Alex Riley, um, I-, I was very high on him. When he started to make that singles run, um, I was even hyped for his theme music. You know, his theme I music's him, dope. I think it was at Capital Punishment. I think that he had a match. I can't remember if he had a match against who during that time when he was a pay per view in DC. But I had, you know, very good uh, high ceiling for Alex Riley. He even repackaged himself after his injury. Even the new look gave him a great look in NXT. So I'm I'm kind of disappointed by it um, because. Like you said, Dr. M, how Miz kind of coordinated with Alex Riley mm-hmm. and Miz kind of coordinated with Sandow. It's like the Miz does a great job putting these wrestlers over to make them legit as sidekicks that you feel for them and want them to overcome the Miz, you know, in this, those many views that he has. But it's, it's just sad to see both of them go. Yeah, um, we, we did we did hit a lot of the names um, on the release today. We're, we're not really doing the three count today. We're just going through the releases we hit okay. almost everyone. I, I just pulled the list up on my phone. Um, the one, yeah, the one we haven't talked about yet, the one I wanted to save for last is Damian Sandow. And you talked about how The Miz is really great at putting people over. I think he's done a nice job bringing Cesaro back into the fold with his new gimmick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that um, that was a great spot for Cesaro to come in against um, The Miz. Okay, so mm-hmm. Sandow. um I'm not even sure where to start. I'm I'm so frustrated by the way he's been booked. Indeed, let's not his fault at all. It's okay. So let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning. Um, You know, he was in developmental for a long time. You listen to all the guys that were part of OVW in like the mid 2000s on Cabana's podcast. They all mentioned uh, Aaron Idol Stevens, which is Sandow. That was what he was called at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. He debuts on Raw. Um, when when would you say that was like 2011, 2012 with the uh, with like the lightning, the uh, the masses gimmick? 
where he got yeah, the role. Well, he was actually in WWE before that, though. He was. He was. He was. Part of a tag team. He got cut. He got cut at one time and then brought back. Right. What was the tag team? I don't know. They. It was like two singles wrestlers that had been brought together, but they were managed by Michelle McCool, if I'm not mistaken. Huh. I think it's right. I have a vague uh, memory of that now that you mention it. Okay. Yeah. But and any- so uh, yeah. But yeah, you're right, Silas. He did get cut. It didn't last long. No, it didn't. But but then he he was the savior of the unwashed masses. Oh, great gimmick on SmackDown, the weekly SmackDown oh, uh, so gimmicks good. that he had to. You know, even the quiz where he brought a fan up to the to the ring that's mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, if you answer these three questions, then you get a prize." And always the last question was so hard. Yeah, you know, it was it was great. And mm-hmm. vocabulary on par with the the great Nick Bockwinkle who was a great heel who mm-hmm. used really difficult vocabulary um, in the mm-hmm. AWA. Um, that run lasted for quite a while. I consider it to be successful, although they didn't really transition him to that next level like they could have. Wins Money in the Bank is the first superstar to ever unsuccessfully cash in Money in the Bank. He was wrestling against Cena, who had his jacked-up arm and pretty much beat him with one arm on Raw. Um, in a two to Don't three second. Don't forget the Road Scholars before Money in the Bank too, which was a dominant tag team. In Gosh, w- how did I that forget that? You're absolutely right, and that was a great tag team. I can't believe I Come forgot on. that. Good on you for remembering that. Because that led to Money in the Bank. That led to Money in the Bank when you had Cody versus Sandow yep. trying to get that suitcase, and everybody oh, that was, was so good. Oh. Cody and Sandow um, actually snuck in and stole the, the belt when he was a top heel at the time. Yes, he stole the briefcase. You're absolutely right. How did I forget? That was a great. I'm going and watching that Money in the Bank match this weekend now. Thank I watched for, it this afternoon. Thank I watched you. This afternoon, it just brought back so many good memories. Thank you for reminding us of that, Marcellus. You're a big Cody Rhodes yeah. fan, so of course you would remember that. I am. Uh, <clears throat> yes, I would. But it was still great because I thought it was still uh, something where Cody maybe could try to feud and, and take the briefcase from him because even Cody had threw the briefcase in the water, and that's why they brought mm-hmm. the brown briefcase at that time. So you had a lot of elements of storytelling between those two. Yeah. And and then you eventually get to his repackaging as the Miz's stunt double, which ran for the better part of a year and a half leading up to WrestleMania 31. Um, It's kind of, it it harkens to what the New Day is doing now, where they're doing the same kind of comedic, very entertaining, very funny shtick, but he would change or add some little new flair into it every week or two to where it remained consistently entertaining. And you you had that heat brew and brew and brew with The Miz. And it culminated in him eliminating The Miz after getting slapped in the face like 50 weeks in a row at WrestleMania 31 in the Battle Royal only to lose to The Big Show, which was stupid, and they didn't do anything with that. Right, yep. And then they pretty much dropped the feud with The Miz instead of giving them the proper blow-off match, um, similarly to how they didn't really blow off the Alex Riley-Miz thing very well, in my opinion, like mm-hmm. we just talked about. Um, I went to SmackDown shortly after WrestleMania 31. Um, it was the, the one where they brought back the King of the Ring last year. Yep, yep. And they had Sandow come out, and it was just a generic... His name was Damian Sandow. He had pink tights. He had a generic rock theme music. Not really much of any gimmick to speak of, even though he's like so entertaining. And then his final run was uh, with the the Macho Mandow and um, the Axel Axel Mania gimmick, which was you know mm-hmm. say what the guy made everything work pretty well that he was Absolutely. given. Absolutely. Um. 
I feel like there is a place for him in WWE. I think he could pull off any comedic act he was given. I think he could pull off any character-driven heel act that he was given. Mm-hmm. And he's the one people seem to be most upset about on Twitter from just a cursory glance today. And I think rightfully so. Um, oh, I agree. I'm completely, as as you guys are, I'm so frustrated with this gimmick. And it's sort of bittersweet because in a sense, part of me is thinking that, well, with him being released now, it's my hope that he'll go somewhere where his talent will really finally be kind of fully capitalized on. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I just, I think one of the best things about Sandow is that he's, his versatility as a character, because you're right, Aaron, he could, he was an excellent heel, um, very good comedic face as well. And like the whole Alex Riley thing, I mean, there were just so many opportunities that did not get pushed as much as they could. Like um, when you brought up Celos, the, the money in the bank, like that should have been, that feud with Cody Rhodes should have been, I think, several matches over the span of several pay-per-views. It should have gotten yep. bitter. There should have been, you know, some some bad blood, and it seems like it was just blown off before it really got started. Exactly. Um, and same thing with the Miz. Like, yeah, he eliminates Miz in the Battle Royal, but that again should have been something that carried out over multiple months to really kind of help Sandow establish himself. Um, so, just a lot of missed opportunities with him. And then I have to give a quick plug to. Talking about versatility, um, his character on Xavier Woods's um, YouTube show, um, Up Up Down Down, some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen is Sandow on that show. Um, just mm. the gimmick he does on there, and um, so it is frustrating because he has consistently shown that he can take anything and run with it. Um, the fans were obviously behind him, especially as a face, but even as a heel, I think you could tell fans appreciated what he did. Yes. Um, so, you know, it's unfortunate. And as you said, Celis, WWE, I think, really dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think a common theme to me was uh, with the whole list that probably mentioned earlier, WWE dropped the ball on a lot of people that was released. And it's like by them releasing them, it just says, okay, I'm washing my hands with this. We may have made a mistake. But let's not hinder these, you know, talents so they can venture on their own. Because even if going back to Wade Barrett, and I even said this before, when he was part of the Nexus, mm-hmm. he should have won the title against John Cena. I said the same time. thing about that 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was job. I'm pretty figured it is. Well, and we've talked about that on the podcast before, too. Yeah, that's one of the yeah. great booking so, mistakes. And, and once again, as we're talking about Damian Sandow and even Alex Riley, it's like a lot of things of just missed opportunities. And this kind of brings me back to fruition what we had on our, our Wednesday night deep dive. And when we reviewed the uh, battle, I mean, not battlegrounds, excuse me, payback, battlegrounds coming up in the future. When we reviewed payback and talked about Ryback a little bit. This goes back to a little bit of that Ryback conversation and the story I told you about Christian and even Mr. Kennedy. And we can add these wrestlers in. But then when we see on SmackDown that we're trying to repackage like a Darren Young, if you given this chance to a Darren Young, who's legitimately never had this chance, have nothing against Darren Young. But when you have title hopes or people right on the cusp of getting a title and never get that point to uh, reaching that brass ring, it's like, why are we missing these opportunities when we had them? But then we're trying to do it again. And we think it's not going to you know, fall to fruition because of WWE's past. So it's kind of confusing to me of their booking decisions and why they try to do 
move people at certain times, even repackaging of the colognes, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it seems like this is the same story. We're going to repackage them for like the third or fourth time and they're still not over as a tag team. It's a problem. Hmm. Yeah, this, this is one of the ones that's tough. You know, you kind of expected a lot of the people on the list today, but this one was tough. Um, I will tell you this. This is a bold statement. I'm going to make a bold statement here. If he went to TNA, I would watch TNA more frequently. Absolutely. As it stands now, I have not watched TNA in probably three to four months. I would tune into TNA to see um, Samian Dandow, because that's what they should call him, um, in TNA. Um, I also think he could have a place in Ring of Honor. God, what I wouldn't give to see him in Dalton Castle tag a little bit. <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. You know, Sam Roberts' wrestling podcast, he interviews Dalton Castle for like 45 minutes. Great listen this week. Just want to throw mm-hmm. that out there. Great listen. He is hilarious out of character as he is in character. I can only imagine. <laughs> I love Dalton Castle. Um, can I say my bold statement, though, about Sandow? Sure. I expect him to be re-signed in WWE within a month. I think you're crazy, but I, 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 I would I'm love it. Crazy, <laughs> but but I just really think the backlash of this, as far as mm. saying how wrong he is from being released, would be similar to how Daniel Bryan was brought back very quickly when he was released. Well, I'll say this: I think he had he's one of the few that could go out and get himself more over than when he was with the company and get brought back. And they don't bring guys back like that often, but you just saw Luke nope. Gallows, who got himself so much more over in the Bullet Club, That's true. get brought back. Um, That's this. You can't deny overness at this point because, you know, say how you, say what you will about how awesome NXT is, but at this point it's almost a feeder system from the indies, kind of a conduit to the main roster. They're not really developing a lot of talent that's sticking. And WWE, and you know, I read online recently that Baron Corbin, they don't really have long-term booking plans for him. It's like, well, why Why would you bring him up in the first place? Because he's a talent. Yep. And I would like to think that there's a creative direction leading straight to that U.S. title that um, Kalisto is holding. Mm-hmm. And then I'd like to see him disrespect John Cena and have John Cena feud with him over it. I think that would be great. Can I ask a side note question? This is off the off the tangent what we're talking about. But by Rusev getting the being the number one contender for um, the U.S. title, do you think the League of Nations is demolished now? Well, they broke up officially on on air, so yeah, I think it's done, and I think. You, all right, so you think it, it is done? Because I didn't know if they was going to say, "Hey, yeah, we we broke up, but we can come back together." Blah blah no. blah. Okay. I I think I think they kind of folded that in because it was just not connecting and they i don't think they had a long-term place for it because you already have a lot of great mid-level heels in the mix specifically kevin owens and the miz right now um you know i would have said ryback in there to an extent but i think Uh ryback probably could have been on this list today and i don't know why he wasn't i don't think there's any that just makes wrestlemania 32 so much worse with Having that team get a WrestleMania win right? when they break up. I mean, um, maybe maybe there's value in it in terms of Sheamus winning because I think Sheamus will always be a part of things as long as he's around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I think what you're seeing with Rusev is kind of a rekindling of that that Rusev dominant character, and it's a way to keep Lana on TV as part of Total Divas now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I honestly, I, you could go two ways with it. You could have Kalisto squeak out another win against a guy who's way bigger than him. And I think that they should because I think Baron Corbin is a more logical person to take that title from him when that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, as far as what they're doing with Del Rio and Sheamus, you know, maybe there's more to be seen on that coming up. Rocksteady and Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Celis, I think you're. I, I am actually kind of curious to see just how much, how far the backlash will go with Sandow. Because you're right, there are a lot of upset people on Twitter, yep. and um, I, I'm especially this coming Monday on Raw. I'm curious to see if there's going to yep. be some pretty vocal. Um, people in that audience chanting for Sandow. And, well, especially when uh, one of the McMahons is in the ring, I think that's when you're going to hear it. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I'll be curious to see about that. And I, I hate thinking like this, but at any time we have these releases, I can't help but think about how someone as talented as Sandow gets released, but people like David Otunga <laughs> and... Rosa they still Mendes, have a job. Still have a job. And I mean, Rosa Mendez, that would be a little tricky because I think she's on maternity leave or something right now. So yep. Yep. WWE yep. would be smart to, you know, keep her at least for the short term. But, um, you know, some of these decisions I just don't get, especially when we, <laughs> with who's remaining on the roster, you know? Yep. I think, yeah, I, I, maybe they're not done releasing guys either. You know, you know, it's, it's just Friday. Um, about 7.30 East Coast time as we're recording this. There's still plenty of time, but I think you'd like to think they would handle that on a business day and get that done before the weekend. Um, That's what I was going to ask you guys, uh, because I've been sort of seeing some rumbling or hearing some rumblings that um, the the releases aren't over. So I was curious what you guys thought in terms of who else might be um, getting released soon. That's a great question. Oh, that's um, a great question. And I and it, like uh, before we kind of name these, I think we'd all like to say that we don't wish anybody to be unemployed from what right. they're currently right. doing. It's just maybe maybe there's a better situation for them in a different promotion. So let's just proceed this with that. You know, we want everyone to be employed because we like professional wrestling here on the yeah Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast. Um, why don't you go first, Celis? Who who do you think might benefit? as well as the company could benefit from a parting of ways? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I'm trying to think main roster people. Um, and you can't pull any of the NXT guys that just came up, like a Tyler Breeze and everything, because it's just too early for them, and they just haven't gotten a chance to fully develop yet. He might be on um, NXT again. He just worked a match against Nakamura last night or the night before on an NXT house show. And that might be a problem. Um I'll go. I'll go uh, left field here in a way, and I'm gonna say Tamina. Um, I'm gonna think that she's not. Uh, she's just got hurt again and had another surgery, and even though it's unfortunate to see people get hurt, she just can't stay healthy. And no matter who you like book her with, you know, to try to book her by herself or book her as being like the, the big girl with somebody else, she just always stays hurt. So I think just by on the injury cause, she may not be able to recover on that. So I think Tamina. If I can think of male wrestler. Um, True, male wrestlers are hard. Maybe Eric Rowan, because without mm. Bray Wyatt or um, or any other members, I think he's like the least favorable one. So if you don't want to package him too big, I think he's the one that could go, because he's the one that can't you know do it on his own between like Braun Strowman or you know I just don't know. I think I would think Eric Rowan and uh, to me it would probably be my two. Okay, what about you, Doctor M? Uh, those are good picks. I, I hadn't even thought about um, specifically Eric Rowan, but I think that's a great point. Um, you know, I was actually fully expecting to see Jack Swagger on the list. Today. That was who I was planning um, to say, too, yeah. As, mm, as, point. yeah as names were coming out, I, I kept checking back to see if he was going to be one of them. 
Um, and it's not a knock on his, obviously he's a great wrestler, but, um, you know, just after, after his great run with Zeb Coulter, I think things have just stalled with him. Um, and I don't know, it just seems like he, a fresh start somewhere else would, would be best for him. And so, um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he if he does pop up in the next couple days or weeks or whenever the next round of releases happens. Um, as far as the the women go, um, I, I saw some some rumblings online of, of Summer Rae as well. And um, you know, I'm a Summer Rae fan, and I think she's actually fairly decent in the ring. But um, with this new focus on the women's division now, and a lot more kind of higher quality wrestlers coming up. Um, I don't, it seems like she's just kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. And so I, I unfortunately would not be shocked if she got really soon. Hmm. Yeah. I, I it's just would... uh, it's, Oh, I'm sorry. Just said uh, going back to swagger, just real quick there. I didn't mean to interrupt, but do you guys remember he was on ECW and he came out, he had the actual like wrestling headgear on yes. with his original gimmick. Yes, they're a real American American. I just thought that was great. So once again, I think that would be another ball drop because I think he could have had a longer title run for his World Heavyweight Championship. Because remember, he was a Money in the Bank winner and he did win the World Heavyweight Title, but it just didn't last long. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I'll I'll pick another one because I was gonna say Jack Swagger, and I think you know he could be very successful in other promotions, but um, <sighs> Darren Young. Yeah, they're not, interesting. Yep. not doing much with him. I think he could be very successful, build a little more notoriety elsewhere. Um, I know that he's a big part of the Be a Star campaign, and um, apparently he like has this. I haven't watched SmackDown yet, but apparently he has a segment with um, um, Bob, Backlund. Bob Backlund. Bob Backlund. Thank you. I was just picturing the suspenders in my head. <laughs> um, where he's like Bob Backlund is going to be like his life coach. I don't know if that's like a gimmick or if that was just like a shtick thing for the night. I would love to see him and Bob Backlund together. It seems like it's going to be a new gimmick. I, I did catch um, that part of SmackDown last night, and I was admittedly a little confused, oh. um, but curious enough to at least want to see how it sort of plays out over the next month or so. Yeah, um, I think that that could be very good, but... Um, that that notwithstanding, I think Darren Young could benefit from a change of scenery. He's part of that Nexus kind of group of people that they really never fully went there with any of them. They should have with Barrett. They had it was right there for the taking. There's not often you can make a main event guy, and I can't say that enough how they they messed that up royally with uh, Wade Barrett and with Sandow when he had Money in the Bank, especially. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I would have expected, you know, it's an obvious choice. I would have expected to see Ryback's name on that list today. Just part ways. It's it's messy enough. Just be done with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, besides that, I don't know. I have to say, I'm a little worried about Heath Slater as well. Heathy baby. Because uh, uh, he hasn't been on TV the last couple shows, if I'm not mistaken. Well, once, once Adam Rose kind of got the boot and um, Apollo Crews pretty much jobbed those guys out you know, repeatedly for two weeks straight. Yeah, they haven't really been on TV. Um, I love another guy. I just, w- I just think there's so much potential in him. And um, I, there, it was maybe four or five years ago where 
he did that what I thought was that great angle where he was challenging all the legends. And then Lita beat him on yeah, on the Raw one thousand. Indeed, indeed. It was great. And I just I feel like there there was that could have been a nice springboard for him to like kind of do something else. And I think there was sometime around that same year he kind of had a little bit of a run in with Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. And I thought especially if, you know, they put Heath Slater in a in a nice heel role, that could have been a great feud. And, and, yeah, WWE just didn't do anything with it. Yeah, and I, I wish they'd start doing more with Bo Dallas, too. Like, the Bo Lee thing, he should, that winning streak should have went on forever, and I would have loved to see him have a Goldberg match at WrestleMania. <laughs> would have been incredible. Um, and I'd like to say also, just so people don't think we're, like, super smarky about all these talents, like, I'm not saying Damian Sandow should be world heavyweight champion. I'm not saying... Like, Bo Dallas should be a main event heel. I'm saying there's a place for these guys, and they're talented. And if you give them the creative, I think you'd be surprised by how many how many more compelling segments you'd have on Raw as opposed to, you know, like, typically, I watch Raw on a DVR delay so I can fast forward through junk because it's a three-hour show. And I think that there's, there's times where Raw could be better served with giving these guys something to do. It doesn't need to be the main event, but give them something to do. Mm-hmm. So I think we've griped long enough, fellas. What do you think? Yeah, I wish I could have came through the whole part, but I know you guys did a great job. And, and once again, I'm, at least I got on the Sandow part. But like you, Dr. M, I'm going to have to watch that Money in the Bank match all over again. I will. Yeah. It was a really good match. It was. It was. One of the better ones. Well, the thing about Money in the Bank, it's such a diluted concept now. You see it every year. Um, Mm -hmm. As well as, you know, the other ladder matches, like the last two IC ladder matches at WrestleMania have been great. Um, That's one that does stand out. I can't remember a lot of them. Like, I remember the one with the giant ladder with the big show. I remember... Mm -hmm. Was that the same year the Miz one? Um, There was two Money in the Bank matches. One was for the title maybe because it was all former champions in it i think cena won that one one. yeah um you know i remember but you think since the since they started doing it as its own pay-per-view instead of wrestlemania i remember very few of them and that one was sandow's one that like you said it's very memorable and deserves a watch this week i'm gonna watch it like you guys are for sure so well let's let's get out of here i think uh next week We'll talk more about you know any other releases that might happen. The Build to Extreme Rules continues. That's coming up in two weeks, I believe. I'm yep. like 80% sure I'm going to order Global Wars from Ring of Honor in New Japan on uh, Sunday evening. So I, if, if I do watch that, I'll talk about that too. How, mu- how much is it? I think it's 35 for the standard okay. debt. Because like on, on DirecTV, I ordered their 15th anniversary show. So the standard debt is $10 cheaper than HD, and I'm willing to sacrifice that. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. The main event's Colt Cabana versus Jay Lethal for the ROH title. And, you know, all your. I, I don't remember all the matches. It's a lot of like exhibitions with New Japan and uh, Ring of Honor guys. But all your favorite New Japan guys are going to be there. You know, I'll always watch Kushida work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Young Bucks, all the, all the greats will be there. So I think it's going to be worth a watch. You know, the playoffs in in basketball have been a little uninspiring. Although I am excited for Game Three of Thunder and Spurs tonight as we record yep. this. Um, Aaron, quick quick question for you: Does Colt Cabana 
take the title from Jay Lethal or you, no? You certainly could see it happening, couldn't you? Because it's like if Cabana doesn't win, I'm just having a hard time figuring out who's going to beat Jay Lethal because he's beat everybody. Donovan Dijak. Donovan Dijak would be a great choice, and I am in full support of that. As people know, we are big Dijak supporters yes, on are. this podcast. Um, you know, Ring of Honor TV is funky. I watch it every week on their online broadcast because I don't get a Sinclair uh, broadcasting network where I'm at locally. And, you know, the last three to four weeks have been their, their Honor Rising shows that they did in Japan back in February, which means they're not advancing any storylines currently. And you're not going to get any advance on the storylines for probably another week or two, depending on what the delay is of getting new stuff taped after the pay-per-view. And they have more stuff with New Japan coming up with their um, Best in the World and all the Global Wars Fallout shows they're doing in, like, Michigan and stuff. So it's kind of like it's hard to advance those storylines, which is why Lethal's had the title for almost a year. He won it at, I believe, Best in the World last year against um, Jay Briscoe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... I could easily see Cabana winning it. It's in Chicago, but I also wouldn't be, they don't tend to pull the trigger on world title changes in Ring of Honor very easily, so I could also easily Not see Lethal keeping it. And I think the smart money would probably be on Lethal retaining. But then it's kind of like you bring Cabana in with all this fanfare and hype only to have him lose. It's kind of like where do you go with Cabana from there? Right. Because uh, from what I understand, he's like back with Ring of Honor. Like that's a thing. And this is the first official date of his new run with them, so... Mm-hmm. I also like to think a guy the caliber of Colt Cabana with the name he has on the indies and with the podcast and comedy shows and everything. I don't think you come back to Ring of Honor just to job to Jay Lethal. I think maybe a world title reign was part of that arrangement. Don't you think? I, I, that's what I would assume. I, and especially on a, a big, it's not the biggest pay-per-view, you know, in New Japan, but I think it's a huge spot for him mm-hmm. to have a title change. And I think it would be great for it. I wouldn't be mad if Colt Cabana won it. Um, that's just an interesting part. And I'm also interested to see how Moose would do. Yeah, he's tagging with Okada. I couldn't, I, yeah. I can't tell you who against, because like I said, they haven't built any super big rivalries. Other, I think... Ishii has a TV title match with Bobby Fish, and I think you're going to see Ishii drop that title back to the Ring of Honor talent here. And mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to that. I've, I've really grown to enjoy Ishii um, over the past few months. I think he's a lot mm-hmm. of fun. Um, yeah, I, I think it, I think it's going to be a fun show. You know, not you you're not tuning in necessarily for the storytelling. You're turning tuning in for the work rate and to see some of your favorites right. from New Japan and Ring of Honor. And, you know that might be enough to get me to, to pay for it. I'm I'm still deciding. It's going to kind of depend on how my Sunday goes. I think. Sure. So. Um. All right. Well, this has been another episode of the Big Old Belt Wrestling Podcast, and we'll talk to you guys uh, coming up on our Wednesday deep dive. Have a great rest of your weekend. Whenever you hear this.